In this episode, I sat down with Jonathan of Little Flower Media, aka The Bearded Blevins. We spoke about his journey from working in ministry to how he now runs a full-time stream and media company. In addition, we gave out advice for the viewers who are wanting to do something similar, specifically how to start a business in media in today's current day and age. This was a really insightful episode and I hope that it inspires folks in the audience to follow their dreams and their passions. If you do like video game content such as daily streams of Fortnite and other things like that, please be sure to follow him on Twitch, link in the description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And without further ado, let's get started. I wanna take the time to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, it's user-friendly, and Anchor does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. What I absolutely love about Anchor is that it's free. You can download the app, and once you download it, you can start working on your podcast. You don't need to invest in any type of equipment or any type of engineering tools. You can pretty much edit and do everything from your phone or your computer for free. Anchor does a lot of the heavy lifting as well. It distributes all your podcasts for you to a bunch of different areas. So it'll distribute it to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other places. Lastly, it provides you an opportunity to monetize from your podcast. You can start making money with no minimum listenership. That's a huge thing for those people who are trying to start a podcast and try to start their brand. So if you're ready to start using Anchor, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey folks, appreciate y'all joining us today. We have a very special guest, Jonathan Blevins, AKA the Bearded Blevins, a fellow bearded brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Always good to be with a fellow bearded brother. I appreciate it. We ju- we were talking beforehand uh, about some things that we both enjoy, bourbon, beers, and beards. So I think this is going to be a really fun episode. I think it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if your audience knows what time we record this app, but unfortunately it's 1130 a.m. Central. So I'm not sipping on a bourbon at the moment, uh, but okay. that will be even more fun. It's okay. <laughs> and you know, what folks can do is that whenever they listen to this, whenever it's a responsible time, because I don't want to encourage you know, irresponsible drinking, you can have a bourbon or your favorite beer, whatever it may be, whatever brew you enjoy. What a um, blessing. I mean, I'm just saying it, it, the beauty of technology, but you know, it's funny that we connected uh, via technology. It's one of the things I've talked about often on this show where I love the aspect of technology and how folks from different, you know, different sides of the world that are involved, whether in like streaming, like you are, uh, faith matters, whatever it may be that it's, you know, we can all connect through the internet. So, you know, for folks out there that are listening to this episode, um, first and foremost, I would love for you to introduce yourself. How did you start streaming? That would probably be it. Like kind of like your, what's your origin story, Jonathan? <laughs> uh, you don't, you, I'm sure you don't want me to go all the way back to being born in Detroit. I mean, you can, if you want, it's up to you. <laughs> I, I I've feel... got a couple versions of this. 
Let's see. Let's let's go. Let's let's do this. So I'm I'm Jonathan Blevins. He said the CEO of Little Flower Media, a company we just launched October of 2021. So about seven months ago. Nice. Uh, I was born in Detroit. Uh, my parents lived there till I was six. I've got two younger brothers, Chris, who's a teacher, uh, who lives near us here now in the Chicagoland area, and Tyler uh, Ninja Blevins. Uh, who all who splits time now between Florida and Illinois, and the three of us then grew up in the Chicago land area. Uh, grew up playing sports, um, and, you know, trying to trying to date girls. Didn't care too much about about school or anything like that. Um, found, <laughs> found my my faith like when I was eighteen, nineteen. My parents did a great job of raising me. Uh, was raised Catholic, uh, but wasn't didn't really make it my own until I was like eighteen, nineteen. Moved to Wisconsin to study theology, kind of out of nowhere. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I got my my master or my my bachelor's in theology. Did youth ministry for about ten years in Wisconsin and Illinois. Uh, ended up getting my master's in theology from Fordham University, uh, and then was a director of evangelization, working uh, at different Catholic parishes for a total of about fourteen years of youth ministry and uh, director of evangelization. And throughout that whole time, my brother Tyler, who for those who don't know, is the, one of the biggest streamers in the world for a long time, was the biggest streamer in the world, and kind of paved the way for a lot of people on Twitch to be able to stream full time. Uh, he was gaming a lot his whole life. Like I never played as many video games as he did, but I enjoyed it. And it was a hobby we we enjoyed together, both my brothers and I. But I never really considered streaming until about four years ago when he and uh, his wife, Jess, suggested it. It was kind of like the week after he started playing with Drake. And, I, and I, he had noticed that for the first time in a while, I was kind of playing video games again. I had, mm-hmm. I think I had, uh, gosh, my, my kids are seven. I've got three kids of my own now. I've been married eight years. Oh, that's awesome. My kids are seven, almost six and two. So four years ago, I would have already had two kids. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't really have time for video games, but I was Fortnite came out and I joined the craze and yeah. I really enjoyed playing it with some of my good friends who, again, the internet connected us from far away. And uh, my brother goes, you might as well turn a camera on and, you know, be yourself and see if it works yeah. out. And uh, I was partnered within a month and kind of did it part time. Yeah, it was it was really cool. A little help from him for sure. He you know hosted me a couple times, um, but it was a fast partnership and a, a nice secondary source of income for my family and I. My wife was able to start staying home with our kids, and uh, it wasn't until six seven months ago when I launched it full time into a media company. That's awesome. That's a beautiful journey. Like, I think a lot of folks in the audience are in that currently, where um, whether it's gaming, whether it's D and D or tabletop games. I think a lot of folks in the audience do a little bit of everything. So not only are they trying to, you know, make it a living, but they're trying to be happy where I feel like a lot of folks like, like you said, like yourself and your brother and other streamers are able to really pay the bills and live life to their, you know, the full, their fullness, right. In a happy way versus something that, you know, maybe their parents kind of forced them to go to college and to do this thing that in reality, they're not happy with. So it's, it's pretty interesting how, like I said, technology and this has uh, gone to, but okay. So you've been doing this now, you've had little flower media now for about seven months or so. Um, and you've been streaming first off, what type of games do you like to stream and what games do you typically stream um, it, like from a day-to-day basis? Sure. So started started with Fortnite. Um, I I grew up playing Halo and Madden uh, and other games yes. for sure, but those were those were the two that yes. I played the most. And uh, 
So I'll play those every once in a while on stream, but man, Fortnite is the easiest game to play while streaming and talking to your community. And whether I have 50 viewers or 400, which is usually our average between right now, about 75 and, and 350 oh, nice. uh, per stream is our, is our average viewership right now, which is good. It's about 10 X our growth from seven months ago. Um, but we're Fortnite is just the easiest to, to talk to people. And that's what we're all about. Like we mm-hmm. sure we like to win games and we like to make great plays and stuff, but I'm not a professional gamer right? Mm-hmm. I'm a professional streamer. Um, and so it's always about the, the community uh, and, the, and chatting with them. And Fortnite just allows for that to happen more than any other game I found, because you can just stop, you can, you can play slow and read the chat and respond to a bunch of things. And then you can, you know, try to play well and, and get a couple of wins and, uh, you know, and play aggressive. So I, I like that Fortnite allows for that. And it's just kind of a fun content creation game. Would love to be able to stream other games, but right now that's just kind of where, where it's at. So it's mostly what we're doing. I hear you. Um, so could you could you go a little further into why you stated that you that you are a professional streamer versus a professional gamer? What's the difference between that? Yeah, I think I think you can be you can be both, right? Like I think mm. of someone like my brother who is just every game he picks up, he's just within the first two weeks, he's better than everyone else at it, or top five. Nice. I think he won like the first Call of Duty, the first Valorant, the first uh, Fortnite. Like he's he's literally like the the winner of like all those first tournaments uh, when mm-hmm. they came out, which is just crazy to me because it would take me literally a year to become proficient in any of the games I just listed. And it took wow. me two years to become even decent at Fortnite. So I just don't have that like natural gamer skill that some do. And he's also a natural entertainer. There are other people who are like professional Fortnite players who mm-hmm. sit there and their stream is up and they have thousands of viewers, but they're not even talking. They're just mm-hmm. literally playing and people are watching them because they're so good at the game Yeah, and they're, and they're making money sure a little bit from their stream but a lot of the tournaments that they're winning and i would say that's kind of a professional gamer rarely are there t- are they both uh of those of those people like tim the tap man right hmm. is a, is a professional streamer <laughs> the, the okay. dude the dude's not taking first place in tournaments unless he's being carried by other people uh and and i can say that to him because we're buddies no offense tim uh, but uh, <laughs> that's, okay. that's just that's just kind of how it is and i've just never had that i'm very good at madden um hmm. but have just found that my community uh isn't super interested in watching me play madden uh, because half of them aren't NFL fans. So, well, it seems like you're very community focused. So, when when you are coming coming up with like creating content or creating you know a stream or whatever it may be, do you typically have the this the the community um, like at the center of it, or do you like what kind of motivates you to create that content or to create that stream? Yeah. So for the stream, it is 100. This is actually a great question because. I think it's a, a struggle I have is when I'm trying to think of a way to create content, mm-hmm. I like freeze because I'm like, who, you know, who's this for the people who are in my stream all the time. They're already part of the community. They've already seen the whole stream. So I can't just clip something from that and necessarily post it and say, Hey, this is content. If I'm trying to create something unique, that's just like content oriented. I'm, I'm trying to reach other people to bring them in. We do it and we're trying to do a good job, but it's not mm. as easy for me, way easier for me to turn on my stream at nine or 10 AM and just say, I can't wait to hang out with whoever's going to be here today. And I'm going to know 90% of them, even if we have, you know, 400 people hanging out. Uh, and so that's what I love, right? The people who are going to come in and be like, Hey, it's me. And I'm here and it's lunchtime and I'll be, and after I'm done with lunch, I got a meeting, but I'll be back after that. And it's like, Hey, good to see you. They checked in today. That's awesome. I, I feel like, again, you're very community centered and I don't see, you know, at least in our community, like the D and D tabletop community, I can relate to that because, um, 
we're really focusing on the community because that's what this game is about, right? So if you have, um, I know we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but you know, D&D tabletop games, they're really collaborative storytelling games. It's a game that you sit down with your friends and you tell a story. It's essentially you playing the hero. Uh, I know you and I have a shared love for the Lord of the Rings, uh, Chef's yes. Kiss. But, um, you know, if, if, if we were to break it down like that, you are playing a hero in Middle Earth. That's what Dungeons and Dragons is all about, is you playing the hero of your story. Um, and I feel like in that sense, though, if when you stream it, shows like Critical Role, um, that they stream on a weekly basis, their D&D game, there's a huge community around it. They, I think they average about 40-something thousand per episode or per stream, like every Thursday. Um, and again, good stuff, but again, it's focused on the community. So it's really interesting that you talk about that. Um, now, mind you, I know we talked about Lord of the Rings and your love of a couple other aspects of the hobby. Um, when were you introduced to Lord of the Rings? I, I, I always like to ask folks that question. So I remember reading The Hobbit in like fifth or sixth grade. Nice. And, and loving it, uh, being a little confused at just some of the way that, that, that Tolkien wrote, um, but loved it. And then, I, mm. and then I didn't read anything after that until after I saw the movies. Nice. Um, so, I, but those movies came out like those movies came out like around the same time mm-hmm. as Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I was gonna right? say Harry yeah. Potter a little bit in there. Like, so big time blockbuster movies were coming yeah. out, and I was at that age where I could like drive myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so it was, it was, I totally got swept up into the movie hype and then read the books after. And I'm one of those people who loves both. And I, now that I'm 34, I, I'd say I like the books better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was close for me because I yeah. fell in love with Lord of the Rings because of the movies. Um, and kind of had to like learn the actual story from reading the books after. Well, but I've think, been a fan since about sixth grade. Well, I think that's a really good point that you bring up where a lot of folks may have read the books before and then the movies or vice versa. And for me, it's like, however you get into loving Tolkien's work or any work, right? If you like, like Frank Herbert's Dune series, um, if you saw Dune and then read the book or whatever, um, I think that's a good way. It doesn't matter as long as you get in and enjoy the actual material. Um, I, I'm trying to see with Lord of the Rings, I was about, I was 10 when the films came out. So my dad used to read the Lord of the Rings to us, the Hobbit, and then the trilogy uh, when we were kids going to bed. So I'm like, you know, the, it, you would think it would try to get you to go to sleep as a, you know, now as a parent, I'm thinking like, Ooh, I may not do that because for me, I was just thinking of this fantasy adventure. Oh, what are, what are the, what's the fellowship going to do next? You know, where are they going? Uh, how, you know, what's the story like? And probably that's why I love Dungeons and Dragons so much because it's a storytelling game, but um, yeah, no, that, that I can go on a huge tangent about Tolkien. I really love Tolkien's work. Uh, there's been some, there, there has been some allegations recently about Tolkien um, that I have found. Uh, so I don't know if I've told you this, I think my audience might know, but I, I have a degree in history, a cultural historiography from Franciscan university. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, my professors there were awesome learned a lot, um, had a very deep knowledge and perspective about, you know, history, uh, had one professor named professor Gaston. And he always used to say, you quite honestly don't need a history degree. You can read two history books on each topic 
for the opposing side, and that would be the equivalent. And he kind of said that as a joke, but in reality, you could do that. It would just be a lot, <laughs> be a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, but, you know, something about Tolkien that I really loved is the fact that he created his own mythology. He created his own, you know, not only the languages because he was a linguist, but he created this mythology because England did, he felt that England did not have a pure mythology, right? The influence of Sac- Anglo-Saxons and then Norwegian influence, like just went in there. And it, it, it's pretty, it was pretty interesting. But with that being said, again, I can go on a huge tangent about Tolkien, man. I, I absolutely love it. And him. I could listen to you talk about him all day. Then you know what? We might have to do another episode that's just Tolkien inspired <laughs> because, uh, gosh, I can just go on and on forever. But anyway, what, you know, back to the topic at hand. So when, as you know, now that you're streaming, you stream seven days a week or you stream five, how, how, uh, how do you manage that with your family? Yeah. So we're, so okay, it was, it was a lot harder to manage when I was doing it part-time, right. When it was, when I was working seven days a week at, at a Catholic parish mm-hmm. um, and then trying to stream at night. And then I do a thing with a company called super squares, which where I basically host NFL games live oh, cool. on Twitch for their channel. So it, it got, it became a lot. Um, it kind of got, came to a head about you know a year ago. And I said to myself, I need to do this full time or I probably mm-hmm. need to stop doing it. Um, and so we can go into kind of how that started later if you want, but we ended up making it happen where October I was able to launch Little Farm Media full time. And so the schedule, it's grueling because I'm the CEO of a company. And I thought for a second, like, hey, that might be like less work than parish life because working in a church is just for those who, who've never done it. Maybe those who are listening who don't go to church often, uh, it doesn't sound like it, there'd be a lot to do, but it is wild. Like it's all, it's, you're working all more like mornings, afternoons, nights, weekends, all the holidays that like all your friends are off, like you're working uh, those holidays. And and so that can be a, a take a toll on, on family life. True. Um, but I, and so I thought, oh man, being a CEO of a company is going to be way less work. It's more work, but I I love every second of it. Uh, and kind of my livelihood depends on it. And so that motivates Mm. me in a brand new way. But oh, my yeah. schedule, my streaming schedule is much easier to manage now. I'm, I'm basically live Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, like 9 or 10 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. Uh, and then, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday night, like 7.30 when my kids go to bed until, uh, until late into the evening, off Wednesdays and Saturdays is usually mm-hmm. that schedule. And then on Wednesdays, I'm, I'm, work, I'm doing all the business stuff I'd have to do on the business side of things. And for sure, in the morning and before stream and after stream, doing business stuff too. But it allows me to wake up in the morning, go to mass, uh, go to the gym, make breakfast for my kids, then stream, you know, go to my kids games or soccer practice in the afternoon, mm-hmm. put my kids to bed and then stream again at night. And I still get three or four nights a week with my wife. So I love the schedule, even though it's a, it's a grind. That's really awesome. And, and I, it seems like your, your family's very supportive of you, not, you know, not only, you know, your brothers, but and, and, and maybe your parents, but like, it seems like your wife and kids are really supportive and, and really, you know, integral to the, to this, uh, to what you're doing. Yeah, they are. And, you know, as a Catholic, like my primary vocation is my wife and kids. And, and so I, I'm so glad that they are supportive. It's funny because my wife, her, she always joke with us. She doesn't, she doesn't have a lot of dreams. That's her, her, she'll, she'll tell you that her dream is to be a great mom, uh, a great wife. And, to like, be able to live well, like that's her dream, right. To be able to to go to church on Sunday, spend a lot of time with her kids, be able to send her, you know, be able to have the kids do the things that they want to be able to do. And then Mm. to support me, which is great. And I have a million dreams, but I want to open a brewery, a bar, a restaurant, three more companies in the next 20 years. Like I've got a lot of dreams. And so she always jokes that I have, 
<laughs> she's like, you have dreams enough for the both of us. So I'm like, okay. Um, so she is supportive, but with the, with the kids, man, they don't even, they don't really understand what I do. They're seven, five and two. Uh-huh. I don't let my kids play video games yet. Okay. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're young, no, no judgment on anyone who does let their kids play games young, but just being around it my entire life and seeing what can happen. If you play a lot, yeah. I decided so far to just keep mine away from that. So they don't, when they know I'm streaming, they don't really know what that means. Um, and when they, when, when their friends say, oh my gosh, your uncle is Ninja. They're like, you mean uncle Tyler? Like they don't really know who he is. That's really <laughs> they, funny. They're very close to them. Uh, and they love him and they know he is Ninja, but they don't know what that means at all. They don't know that he's famous. Um, they get confused when we're at restaurants and people come up and talk to me. Like, how do you know that person? And I'm just always like, oh, from the internet. And they're like, no, okay, no problem. So it's funny because they are supportive, but they have no idea what they're supporting. So it almost yeah. seems like they've kind of like assimilated into this lifestyle where like, it's almost like they, like, you know, again, you're, you know, the, your kids, um, oh, that's just uncle. You know, that's just my uncle. Like, yeah. Okay. I don't understand who this ninja person is. Um, and I mean, that's actually really beautiful though, that you're, that you have that gift where your kids are really, it almost seems as, as well, um, the humility in them, the night, I don't want to say naivety, but it's really the humility of these, you know, kids who are like, yeah, he's just my uncle. Like I love him and that's it. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. And that's been very intentional so far. Uh, there's, it's only going to work for so long, right? Like eventually they're, you know, uh, we'll see, like, I, I don't plan on getting my kids phones anytime soon. And so we'll see when they start to realize, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But so far, yeah, he's Uncle Tyler. And I think he likes it too. He likes that like they, they see him and they're more excited to see his wife, their Auntie Jess, than they are their uncle because they don't know who either of them are other than aunt and uncle uh, yeah, of course. Jess and Ty. So it's, it's been great. That's awesome though. That's, that's, real, that's a really beautiful thing to have. And especially like we just had our first child and she's six months now. So she, uh, uh, she will you know kind of grow up. I, I know for a fact that she'll grow up in this kind of like you know, D&D TTRPG space where she'll meet people that are like, oh, you know, oh, this is so-and-so or this is so-and-so. And in reality, it's, you know, there are people within the D&D community that are really big. I, I like to call them community leaders. Um, so uh, they'll, they'll be interesting. But plus, my daughter is six months, so she doesn't know what's going on half the time. <laughs> but congratulations, man. That, that whole first Thanks. year is, is, is such a fun adventure. It's been such a blessing. She is she is the most precious little thing you'll that I, I mean, at least I'm very biased. She's very precious and she's just a sweetheart and just a happy baby that laughs and smiles. And uh, I mean, we have these little like cloth books that we just got her. My wife just got her one. Um, I, I think it's uh, the Latin mass for like little ones or whatever. And she just like, she like just looks at it and just starts nomming on it. Cause you know, it's cloth. So yeah, I'm like, all right, you know, cool. You do you, girl. Awesome. you do you. <laughs> Um, no, she's a sweetheart, but yeah. And actually speaking about that too. So like you're mentioning about, you know, with your family and whatnot and having that kind of schedule with, with streams and whatnot, how supportive are your community about that? Do you, you know, do they know about the, about your family or do you kind of keep your stream life and your family life very separate? So I'm, I'm an open book, right? Like I'm not, I don't post a ton about my family. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I not, I'm not necessarily intentionally. I just, especially now that I'm the CEO of a new media company, I try to not be on my phone um, when I don't have to be. And it kind of feels more like work to be on my phone now than, than leisure mm-hmm. uh, as it was before. Um, but no, I I'm very open about talking about, you know, you know, things that my wife and kids and I are all doing and 
Um, you know, so every once in a while, my kids will bring me like, like a sandwich on stream. If I'm streaming when they're home from school one day or That's something, awesome. uh, and they'll be like, Oh, hello. And they kind of know their names and stuff. So I, I, yeah, I want to be transparent about it. It's scary in today's world. Right. And yeah, I'm not going to, sure. I'm not going to live in fear. Uh, I've just got a decision I've made. I'm just not going to. And so I post pictures of my kids and stuff. Yeah. But man, that is the only thing that can, that can get under my skin. Right. Is if every once in a while, a troll, you know, says something about, you know, one of my, you say whatever you want about me. I do not care. I've heard it all. It doesn't matter. It won't offend me. Yeah. Uh, but that's the one danger. So maybe one day I'll stop posting stuff about them. Uh, if too many, if it grows to be too big and people are going to be super big trolls about it. But so far, I think it's good and important to share, you know, every aspect uh, of not every aspect of your life, but not to be afraid to show like, Hey, this is how we're living. We're not perfect. Um, yeah. and you can learn from our successes and our failures. Absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful viewpoint to have, right? Um, I personally have kind of kept the, the barriers. I mean, I'll sometimes showcase my family, but nothing too specific because, um, it's just a decision my wife and I made. And I think the fact that you were able to make that decision with your family is a beautiful thing. And especially that's the beauty of being, um, a streamer and having your own, you know, company, your own business. Um, but actually speaking about business, I, I always like to talk a little bit about business development as well for those folks in the audience who are interested in this. So take me through the kind of steps that it took for you to go from part-time streamer to um, full-time uh, streamer running a company now. And I, I know you did some things or you're doing some things, I believe with University of Houston, correct? Yeah. Uh, University of St. Thomas in Houston. St. Thomas yeah. in Houston. Okay. So yep. tell me a little bit about that. So how did it go from, you know, part-time to full-time and then now all these different business ventures through Little Flower? Sure. So, so impossible for me to separate the story from my faith, right? My faith sure. journey. So I, I grew up wanting to be a sports broadcaster. Okay. Um, went to, went to um, a community college at first because I didn't do well in high school. Uh, and because I didn't care. I never really cared about school at all until I, until I studied theology. And mm -hmm. as I'm sitting in my very first ever sports broadcasting uh, class, this, this communication sports thing, the professor stands up and he goes, raise your hand if you've heard of J.A. Adonde. And he's a, a big deal. He went to Northwestern. He's a, he was on ESPN. I watched him all the time. So I knew who he was. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, I love J.A. Adonde. And he's like, I was his teacher. And none of you are going to be as successful as J.A. Adonde. So I don't know why you're taking this class. Honestly, he was like, and I was just like, okay, well, if he says that and he knows who he is, then I'm just not going to try. So I quit wow. and I gave up that dream. Right. So I'm going to keep that, that dream there of wanting to be a sports broadcaster. Then God was like, Hey, you can study theology and be a youth minister. And I told my dad and he was, my mom and dad were very supportive, but they're like, I mean, you're not really going to make money working in a church. And I was like, this is what God wants me to do. So I'm going to do it. So I start, I move across the, you know, across the country to Wisconsin from Illinois, <laughs> across the state, yeah. but it was the first time I'd moved away from my parents, you know, mm -hmm. study theology, sort of like, you know, learning from my mistakes. You know, I was a bartender, I'm majoring in theology. I start working at a church. I'm going through life as a, a guy in my early twenties and eventually, you know, was full-time as a, a youth minister, met my best friend there. Uh, he is the vice president of life team now, Joel Stepanek. Um, oh, at the time cool. though, at the time, we're just hanging out, you know, doing ministry together in Manitowoc, and I'm learning a lot from him. And I'm just trying an open book, just learning about how I can be the best at what God wanted me to be at that time, which was a middle school youth minister and then a high school youth minister. And then I got my master's degree and I decided to be a director of evangelization. And then mm -hmm. I was starting to be invited to speak um, around. And then I started dreaming about what could I do if I had a budget? And so I started asking my priests, like, 
hey, well, this is what we could do if we if we had enough money, we could we could do this and started putting together like big plans and business plans that would work. And then I would hire people. And all of a sudden I'm managing 10, 12, 13 people at two different you know Catholic parishes that I was working at. Um, meanwhile, right, that all kind of was was happening last year. And I'm traveling to speak around the country and honing these skills and these leadership skills that I didn't already have. They didn't come naturally to me. Um, but I always had in the back of my mind, I still want to be a sports broadcaster. I still want to start a company someday. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but God mm-hmm. wants me here at this moment at the yeah. church. And so I kept working and, and getting all these skills that I had no idea that God was building me up to then launch a company until it happened. But I have been in so many situations now in the last, you know, seven, eight months, it's a year, really, it's been a year in progress, but seven months since we launched a company where I'm the only reason I'm able to even have these conversations with the University of St. Thomas, with uh, with Word on Fire, with Ascension Press, with OSV, with all these people I'm, I'm meeting is because I did ministry for 15 years. And that's where God wanted me at that time. Mm. I six, I started streaming four years ago. Six years ago, I streamed one time. I, I turned on Xbox Live. I played a game of Madden. Two people showed up. Mm-hmm. They roasted me because I wasn't playing well because I was trying to read the chat, but I wasn't reading it fast enough. And I was horrible at it. Two years later, it came naturally and I was just good at it. Um, and, and it was just all kind of in God's time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, about after streaming part time for three and a half years and then spending six months trying to, to prepare this business, you have to either you have to go so viral that you can just live off of what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is rare. That's the less than one percent. Right. Mm-hmm. The Nick Merckx, the Tim, the tap man, the ninja, the person who's just grinding, posting content. Right. Like Gary V. You just got to post four TikToks every day and you'll make it like, like that's the less than 1%, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the less than 1%. Dude. I so, love that impression. That, I, I hope that if I'm Gary, working on it. If Gary V sees this, I hope he shares it because this, that was, that was gold. Dude. That was <laughs> I'm working gold. on it. I'm working on it. Thank you. Um, but that's the less than 1%, man. Like I'm not saying don't chase those goals. I'm not telling people not to chase those dreams, but that's mm-hmm. not how most businesses start. And that's not how most sure. successful people are going to be successful. So another option is to do where God is placing you. If I had to start all over right now and I lost everything and all connections, I'd work at Chick-fil-A. Uh, I'd work my way from a dishwasher up and, 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 and do everything I could. And I would do whatever my side hustle was, streaming D&D, streaming, gaming, whatever my side hustle was, I would do it when I could. Um, I would still prioritize family and friends and, and the vocations I have in my life, but I would yeah. make it a priority to do that thing. And then God's going to put the right people in your path to, to make it happen. I really do believe that. And so uh, we, I, I met a guy named Marco, Matt Marcolini. Uh, he's actually married to Rick Santorum's daughter. So the guy oh, who ran for yeah. uh, president years ago, uh, he was a senator, I believe, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so he's all of a sudden we meet through mutual connections that I met from doing 15 years of ministry. We're playing Fortnite one night and he finds out about Twitch and I stream and he checks it out and he goes, my gosh, why aren't you doing this full time? And I said, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have three kids. I live in a, a, a nice area. I'm sending them to Catholic school. Like I make a good salary. I can't just take a, a leap because right now on Twitch, I'm not making enough to, to support a family. Yeah. understood. And he goes, well, that's, uh, that's easy. We'll just, we'll just find, we'll find an investor and we'll put a business plan together and we'll change the world. And we had, and God opened doors and, uh, my four years of streaming paid off and here we are. So there's, there's a lot of things that have to go right. But if you're, I really do believe that if you are where your feet are, I forget, I think there's a saint that said that, or someone famous is be where your feet are. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do what God's wanting you to do at that moment. Keep doors open, work hard, put your vocation first of whatever your primary vocation is. And he's going to open the doors needed in order to do what it is he wants you to do. That's beautiful. I think that, um, it's, well, it's beyond beautiful because it's, there's a huge trust. Um, there's a huge trust that goes in there, but in addition to that, I also see the foundation that you laid down, right? Like I, I've always talked about laying a foundation where you go and essentially you did the work that you needed to do to transition to that spot, to, yeah. to transition onto that, um, to where you're at now. But, you know, you mentioned earlier that the, the 15 years of uh, ministerial work that you did, again, laid a foundation and, and created a network of people that now you've been able to contact or they contacted you, whatever, however it seems, and you've been able to kind of lay that groundwork. So that's a really beautiful thing. And I honestly think that's a very logical way to approach it, right? You, you, you build and you work what you're currently doing as you kind of, kind of like a garden, right? You work, you till the field that you have to till, and then you work on your garden. And as that garden grows and, and, uh, and really increases in fruit, so to speak, then you switch your attention to that. And that's how you can kind of balance it because, um, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that if you want to work a day job and do this as a side hustle, you can't do that. But you noted, you said something very specific that it almost seemed like the part-time streaming was becoming too much. Like you had to take that leap or not, or just quit doing it altogether. That was really interesting that you said. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the most humbling things throughout this whole entire process, you know, with our, with, as we were, you know, working on how are we going to be able to launch this thing full time was Mm. during a meeting with a bunch of, a bunch of investors. One of, one of them just said, and you know, what, if it doesn't work out, maybe you've just kind of aged out, Mm. Uh, you know, and, and it's, and I was like, I have not, I will not aging out. I'm not losing. You know, I've got this mentality of like, I'm not going to lose. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I'm not aged out, but I totally understand what he meant. I got three kids. I got a mortgage. I was sending them to Catholic school. My wife feels called to stay home. I yeah. can't leave. I can't take a risk. That's going to leave me homeless in six months for sure. Um, but I can take a risk that, that, you know, that in a year I'd have to just find a new job so that, it, it, but you're right. It came to that thing. And you said, mentioned something just about fruit. And that's something I think we, that, that's the advice I try to give to the most people who ask, like, how can I do this? If I feel called to do something similar to what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, that there has to be some fruit. There was fruit in the part-time stream, which is how I knew it would be successful if we could make it full-time. Um, but there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, streaming one or two, three viewers. And that's no, fine. That's, everybody starts there. Everybody yeah. starts there. Yeah. Sure. Um, but if you've been doing it four years and you're still there, that ain't your thing. You know, mm-hmm. you got to find out where there's going to be fruit and then go do it. That can be a, a hobby. Yeah. Right. But there should be some type of momentum, some type of little bit of fruit where you can say, man, if we could cultivate this more, it would explode and, and find out what that is. Right. Like right now we're, we're lucky. We're the first Catholic. I'm the first full-time Catholic streamer. That's out about his faith. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, hopefully there's more and hopefully there's way more in the future, but what is your niche, right? There's a million people streaming on Twitch. Mm-hmm. What's going to make watch, like watching you worth watching? Find sure. out what that is and then, and then pursue it. I think it's important. True. That's very true. You've, uh, you've, established, you've established yourself, excuse me, in, in, in a niche where you are not only unique, but you're able to stand out, especially from you know, whatever perspective you want to choose from, where 
people who are attracted to your stream and, and you go from there. Cause obviously I'm assuming that like, and I think you mentioned this earlier too, where Twitch isn't necessarily, um, it provides a stream of income, but it's not the sole stream of income with your media, with little flower media. Obviously you have brand deals. I, I I'm spotting the focus there, man. I'm seeing it. <laughs> I, I I'm wanting a drink. I, I will say I've betrayed focus because they didn't have it at the store. I got myself a LaCroix. So dude, I, I call, I call focus, uh, LaCroix on steroids, man, except all natural. Of course it really is though, because I love the, I love the caffeine kick. I, I don't know. I like the And I like the flavor profiles, the taste are, I think they have they have, the one near me, the, the Publix near me rather has the cold, like the kind of like the cola flavor. And then like the, yeah. the blood orange, yo, that blood orange, just saying, yo, don't sleep on the new flavor, strawberry kiwi. It's pretty insane just came out it did yeah strawberry kiwi it's insane okay see we haven't gotten it yet at the store so i'm wait i see i follow (laughs) on instagram and i've just been waiting i've been waiting for all these new flavors but strawberry kiwi sounds good over some ice and maybe a little bit of lime see see you're amping it up i love it listen man i i i'm a i'm a fan of my my wife actually is the one that was like you should try these like carbonated drinks especially like you know, I know you're trying to get healthier and everything. She was like, just try LaCroix. And I was like, ah, we'll see. And then she converted me to it. I can't. There you I, go. I, I love that's it. That's how it happens. You know, but you're, you're, you're spot on. I think that's good for people to be honest about how, about, you know, revenue streams. If you're going to stream, Yeah. you know, when we're, even though we're averaging, you know, between one and 300 people per day, which ends up being like, that's an per second, which ends up being, you know, one to 5,000 or more unique viewers per stream. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a lot of like, man, that's gotta be a lot of income. It like, you're not living full time. One person is not living full time off that, even if they're 19. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you really aren't going to be, be able to live full time off of a Twitch stream until you've got average between two and 10,000 viewers per stream minimum. Really? Oh yeah, dude. So, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so, yeah, it's brand deals, you know, because here's the thing, how much, how much am I making off of Twitch ads? Not a lot, but they're getting a hundred thousand people a month seeing ads for me and I'm not seeing a lot from it. So how do you, you know, then you, okay, you go to a, a brand and say, Hey, we've got a hundred thousand people a month watching the stream with 20 average of 20 minutes per, uh, uh, per, per viewer mm-hmm. per day. What does that worth to you financially? And that's where people are like, Oh man, that's a great spot for here. And, and there's, yeah. So a lot of different revenue streams that go in with it. Uh, but it's crazy. Cause I think a lot of people who watch Twitch are like, Oh my gosh, this person has a hundred viewers all the time. They must be rich. <laughs> and it's like, Nope. That's interesting. See, because I never, I never knew about that. I didn't know what the metrics were for Twitch in that and re- those regards. So it almost seems like Twitch is more of the platform in which you just share your content or document your content, so to speak. But then it's all the other little things that support it, right? So whether it's brand deals or partnerships or things of that nature, um, that's what it seems like, at least. Yeah. And like, yeah, of course you've got YouTube and the revenue that can come from that. And if you're sure. on Twitch, but not on YouTube or vice versa, in some capacity, you're probably, you know, you're not taking advantage of enough of those things. TikTok, which is again, another app where you have to have 10 million, you know, followers in order to be making a living doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause, of, Cause of the creator fund aspect, like they, right. the more followers you have, the more of the, more of the barrel that you can actually fish from, so to speak. Um, versus like Instagram now that they've been basically depending on your qualifications, like you can get bonuses on reels, you get badges that you can buy. It's still not enough to, I mean, I can't just leave my job right now to 
right. be a content creator and to be a, a media company like I am right now. Because, um, you know, the bearded nerd, that's like I've told folks before where the bearded nerd, um, I, it started out with just me sharing tips, sharing advice and talking about Dungeons and Dragons, how to play Dungeons and Dragons and how to be what we call a dungeon master or, or a game master, the one that kind of facilitates everything. But now it's become something where, you know, I have a podcast, we have all these other venues and we have products that we're selling now, uh, digital well, digital for now, physical later, but we have these products that are going to be sold and it's, it's evolved and it's grown, but the platform itself doesn't necessarily provide the income. It's, it's a tool to share said product or said totally. thing so that, you know, in can, you can, you know, have an income. Yeah, totally. It's, yeah, it's not, it's just wild. Like the, the inner workings of all this stuff. And uh, I think, I think, yeah, definitely people need to be more, more transparent uh, about it now and you 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 mentioned the transparency about it um when it comes to your business and whatnot now that you have certain partnerships and deals and whatnot um how do you you know do they understand like your platform they understand what your mission objective is like how you know obviously i'm assuming that you're pretty transparent about that um but how did that happen you know how did that start um, how did you say, well, I'm this type of content creator, I'm this type of streamer, you know, who um, shares my faith and so on and so forth. Like, how can you take me through that? How did it look like yeah. when you first started? You know, it's, a, it's funny because it's again, it's just planting those seeds. Like for 15 years, I was on social media pretty actively and I was mm -hmm. observing what I was observing, not on purpose, just a, just looking back now, I can see I was observing uh, all these other people who were following their dreams and, and making things happen. And I was watching them flip-flop on major issues and sell out to, to major companies. I mean, you've got, you've got some, some people on, on the, this has nothing to do with politics at all, but like you've got conservative podcasters who are in their thirties who are selling products to 80 year olds and saying they're using them. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're like, oh man, I need this to make my back pain go away, bro. You're 30. You don't have back pain. You know, and not, there are, of course, some 30 year olds who have injuries, but like it's, yeah, you're, you're sure. selling a product to 80 year olds because they're giving you money. Yeah. And so I, I noticed that as I, and as I was, you know, just 10 years ago, I had no idea I'd ever stream or own a company. Um, and I'm thinking, man, if I ever had the chance to like do that, what they're doing, I would never sell out. Um, yeah. And then when I started the stream four years ago, it's like, well, I'm Catholic and I'm not going to hide from that. Mm -hmm. um, my company is a little flower media. It's named after St. Therese of the Sioux. Um, you know, we are, uh, the, my two business partners and I are very Catholic, but it is a new media company. Uh, it is not a Catholic company. Uh, mm -hmm. It is by its very nature that we're Catholic and that we're not afraid to talk about it, but we are at providing entertainment and joy and a good community. And if we're talking about the faith a lot because of it, sure. Yeah. But that's, that's just a byproduct of who we are. And so we're going to talk about it. Um, sure. but I just, we made a decision early on, like we're, I'm not selling out. I'm not going to be sponsored by bang energy just because they, they pay more when I know that the, the, you know, the CEO of focus is awesome. And I like their product. I'm not going to, I take, I, I had a, the, a call with focus and a great conversation. And, uh, he knew he's like, let me send you it to make sure you like it. And I was like, yeah, let's make sure like, hopefully I do. Cause otherwise I'm not going to tell people I like it. Yeah. And that's, that sounds, you and I have a very similar mindset because, there's a company here that I have called uh, 1985 Games, 
And I have a brand deal with them because I use their products and I love them. Like it made my yeah. life so much easier. So I appreciate you being, you know, out there saying, Hey, I'm going, you know, whether it's a product or a business, whatever it may be, you know, I need to like the person. I, and I agree with you. A lot of times people just take partnerships or deals and uh, someone just consuming content. Right. I see a, a partnership and I'm like, dang, like you're right. Like, that 30 year old person is selling something that they, you know, for sure they're not using, um, <laughs> or it just doesn't seem like it because their heart's not invested in it. Right. Like, I think you can tell when someone's passionate about something like, you know, whether it's the faith, whether it's a product, whether it's a game, whatever it may be, you can talk about it all day. And you, you know, you might have to take some breaks to like, you know, drink some water or something, but like yep. you're able to talk about it and you're able to rant and rave about it. Yeah, totally. And our, our biggest uh, sponsor right now, our biggest partner is uh, University of St. Thomas in Houston, uh, which you mentioned just a little bit earlier. And they're they're unbelievable. They're the face of, of new digital evangelization. Mm. Um, they're Orthodox Catholic school. Um, they're they're growing in big ways and they are more innovative than any other Catholic school that I have seen. Uh, in the country. And, and so we're partnering with them. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Others I would not partner with. <laughs> I won't share them right now. Um, but because I like them, we are. So it's, it's cool to, that, that that has worked out. And you know what? We haven't been tempted yet. So I like to think All we're right. going to say no to anything that uh, it doesn't fit our values. Understood. And, and that makes sense. Um, and actually, so if you don't mind me asking, what specifically are you working, uh, are you doing with the university? Are you acting as a kind of like a consultant or are you going so, a little bit deeper? Yeah. So it's this, again, this whole 15 years of the planting seeds. Like I, I I'm, we, I'm part of our deal is that I can help teach the, uh, theology classes or, or communication classes or new evangelization courses, things like that. Um, cast in some of their esports. sports uh, They have an, their first Catholic university to have an esports team. Oh, um, no so kidding. Yeah. So cast in some, or esports, I shouldn't say esports team. They're one of the first seven esports teams. They're the first one to have an esports minor, um, which is really cool. And so I can help and teach and mentor, uh, you know, the things going on there, cast some of the tournaments that they have, do interviews with some of the players that they have. Uh, I do live events at the university uh, where, you know, Q and A's and, and uh, you know, sessions like that, which are really fun. Uh, I can give talks at different, you know, galas that they have. Mm -hmm. I'm giving a talk on behalf of the University of St. Thomas at, at the Napa Conference in, in California. Uh, cool. They produce, and then they're producing some of our shows that we do on Tuesday nights. We do, uh, we do some talk shows on every Tuesday. Uh, and, and so it's this really cool, unique partnership where I'm doing a lot of things for them and they're doing a lot of things for us. And it's just mm -hmm. working really, really well because there's so many synergies and connections from all the different aspects of life that we've all done together. That's awesome that it seems like you're, it seems like this partnership is very holistic in approach where it's not just, Oh, you know, I'm doing this thing, but you're doing multiple things where you're encompassing everything that little flower is all about. Yeah, totally. Like I said, the synergies all matched up and it's, it's just, it's very weird that it's happened. It's totally a God thing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I got the, the story. I won't go into the whole thing, but I got a phone call from a priest who calls me like once or twice a year. Um, oh, cool. and I, and I usually can't answer cause it's just always the weirdest time. And this one day I was so busy and I had like a 12 hour, you know, super square stream that day on a Sunday. And I looked at it, I was like, I'm going to answer it. He's like, Hey, you should, uh, go talk to these people at university of St. Thomas. Like, Oh yeah, whatever. I met with them one time and then here we are. Uh, wow. so if I never would have picked up that phone call and who knows if I would be partnered with them right now. It's very, that, yeah, that's true. 
it's the, it's those things in life where again, you, you, it's, what's the old adage where, um, you know, like we're like the farmers, we do the work, we plant the seeds, we till the earth, you know, we do all that, but then we, we let think it's like, we allow God for it, for the rain to, to, or for it to rain and, and grow. And, you know, so we put in the work to it and then the rest we trust. That's yeah. really, that's really interesting. And that's really cool. But uh, more importantly, that's really cool to see it in, in a real life situation and an applicable situation. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's been way. a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, now I know, um, we're pressed on time, so I want to make sure that we utilize this correctly. Um, you know, we had talked about a little bit earlier that, um, you're, you know, you've seen Marvel, you've kind of, you've, you kind of at the high level know a little bit about the nerddom, but I know we mentioned that you um, haven't played D and D before, anything of that nature. And no problem. That's not that's not a that's not a big deal. I would, you know, I'll maybe after this episode, I'll, I'll give y'all a bunch of stuff that you can use, and and you know, if you ever want to play, you you let me know. But one thing that I wanted to ask, um, in your I guess like industry in your field. How possible is it to stream things like, let's say, if you wanted to do Dungeons and Dragons and play video games and then do this and do that and all these aspects of like, let's say who you like or what you like to do, how would you practically do that? And could you tell us or give us some advice uh, to the audience members how you would apply that and do that? Yeah, man, that's a great question. I feel like there's almost uh, maybe there's more than two, but I'm, I feel like there's two options. You either... Mm -hmm. Like I've grown the, our, our channel because people want to hear me, you know, want to hang out and part, part of the community and watch me play Fortnite. Sure. For the first few years, it was them roasting me for being so bad at Fortnite, but being like, nah, I don't rage. I, I, like, it's just a game. So I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm laughing. Yeah. And if I get killed, I say, GG, if I win, I celebrate a little, but I'm not like screaming and going crazy and nothing wrong with people who do that. I'm just, yeah. that's not who I am. And that's why people have liked the channel. And all of a sudden, if I switch now to I'm a I'm a bearded barbecue streamer, which is totally a YouTube channel we're going to launch someday. Um, and, uh, I, and listen, I do have a smoker. Just saying. Same. See, we got it. We're going to be hanging out for sure. Uh, you know, I could I could do that, and I've done that, but my viewers are going to go in half, um, yeah. and that's fine because that like we're already built up to a point where I can do that, and it's not going to put a huge dent in our overall mission. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't do it all the time. I can't, I can't do like four uh, barbecue streams a week. Um, unless I'm trying to get an entire new audience of people who are watching yeah. for that reason, instead of yeah. the Fortnite. So that's one option is to build it, how you want, how, how, how it's working mm -hmm. and where you see the fruit and then do be yourself. And so do the things you love. I, I I've streamed barbecue streams. I've streamed cigar and bourbon streams. We're just hanging out. I've streamed playing at an Man arcade. Culture. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I can do those things and I, and I enjoy them. Or you just own it and that's who you are from the very beginning. Mm. I am going to, this is who I, I'm going to stream whatever I want, whenever I want. And the reason you're going to watch is because you just enjoy being with me. And, and so I'm going to do that. Um, but I, I, I think the people who are like bounce, I think one of the most dangerous things is bouncing around to all the different things without seeing any fruit in any of them. Right. Uh, and so, I, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's either, you're going to be that guy who's out there and people are watching because they like you no matter what you're doing, or you're going to build that audience in one way. And then when it's big enough, be able to start streaming other things as well. But I think being important and true to yourself is the most important part of all of it. That, that does make sense. Um, do you find it dangerous if people or rather, I shouldn't say dangerous in the traditional sense of, oh, that's a danger to you. 
Um, you can interpret it, I guess, like that. But do you find it um, more difficult to build your brand if you kind of focus on all these little things all the time versus sticking to a specific niche of, of an industry? Or, you know, how, how would you, I guess I would say, what is your take on that? I love, I mean, you're, you're great at what you do, bearded nerd. Hey man, I appreciate uh, that. But I mean, it's, I, man, I've, here's the thing. I, like I said, I, I I'm going to contradict myself because I just said, I only stream Fortnite most of the time. Yeah. Um, that's because it's, it's easy to be with the community and that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. It's actually harder to be with the community and do a barbecue stream because I cannot look at the chat when I'm, True. you know, doing all the things that, no, of course, when it's just sitting there smoking, then you're just hanging out. Um, True. But when I'm doing Fortnite, I can talk to them, but I, I have not done a great job of building a brand on my social media at all. I really mm. haven't. It's just been, this is me. So I post about sports all the time, barbecue all the time, bourbon all the time, beer all the time. Ask me anything, Fortnite content, Catholic content. Yeah. And I've gotten multiple messages from people who are, have made it in their industry who are like, man, you're doing so great. And I love all of it, but you would do better if you just focused on one of those. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I like it all. I'm just going to be me. Yeah. And if the Lord wants me to do it, it's going to work. And so in the, in the Twitch world, I've kind of done it like oh, I'm going to do Fortnite, but that's only because it's easier to hang out with the community For on sure. social media and the rest of my life. I'm posting everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to uh, a deacon's ordination this Saturday. I'm going to post about it on my Instagram Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm going to sure. lose a hundred followers. I really am I, yeah. because they're going to be like, Oh, I'm here for, they're like 12 year old dudes who are like, I'm here for the Fortnite content. Well, I don't post a lot of Fortnite content on Instagram. I probably should. <laughs> Under, yeah, so, no, I hear that. Yeah. I should probably be better. If I cared more about the brand, I would definitely uh, post like one or two of those topics. But since I'm just trying to be me and I trust the Lord will provide, I'm posting it all. Hey, man, I respect that. Um, this is the one. This is the one question I do want to ask before we wrap up this episode. What would be the number one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is trying to do exactly what you did, right? What is the one thing that you would tell them, whether it's based upon something you learned, right? A mistake you made or something that you did well, and you would kind of tell that person. I think I would tell them, yeah. So I'm going to give two answers. The first is I would say, like, I really do believe that everyone has a calling from God. And if you Mm -hmm. have a relationship with him, he can help you to find out what that is. And I think that that is first and foremost, but one that will apply to absolutely everyone, no matter where they are in life is that. Every single day, you are learning something about what you can do for your future. So like mm-hmm. if, you're, if you believe and your dream is, I'm going to start this, whatever your company is, this company, this business, this stream, this YouTube channel, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. I don't care if you are sweeping the streets at a, at a gas station. You are going to learn something that night that will help mm-hmm. you when, later on whether it's a random conversation you have with a stranger or an interaction with your boss or an interaction with the person that you employ, you're going to learn something that is going to help you in the long run. And you might not see it for years. Um, I ju- I'll just give an example. Just recently, I was uh, having a conversation with someone at University of St. Thomas, who's 10 times smarter than me, speaks six languages, the, the most nerdy theological person I've probably ever talked to. And he's a great guy. And the only reason I could even have that conversation was because I worked in a church for 15 years and talked to, to teenagers about what school they should consider and learned about Newman centers and, and the, the Newman school list and things like that. If I hadn't just all those things, all those days of me being annoyed 
of the mm-hmm. teenagers showing up in the office and being like, I'm changing my mind about schools again and have to do research with them. All of that led me to have this conversation with a guy who is, I just normally wouldn't be able to connect with. So wow. every day there's something you can learn that is going to help you for, for what you want to do in the future. That's yeah. I have nothing else that that that's beautiful. I think that that is something that I hope everyone, if there's one piece of advice of this or one piece of this show that you take to heart is just that message there that there is, you do have a purpose in this life and everything that has happened in life has occurred for a bigger purpose and you can take something from it, learn and grow. Um, no, that that's beautiful, Jonathan. I appreciate that. And that, that heck that even that touched my heart, um, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. So folks, the, there are going to be links to, uh, bearded Blevins, social media, Twitch channel, everything in the description. Y'all know where it will be. Um, again, Jonathan, I appreciate you being on this, uh, episode on this show. Um, I look forward to uh, our other uh, shows involving maybe some bourbon and some Lord of the Rings talk. Um, I do look forward to that. But yeah, I appreciate you, folks. I appreciate you for being uh, for listening. Um, If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave us a five star review if you can. Not only does that show us appreciation, but that shows us uh, what type of episodes you like to hear and the content that you like to consume Um, as well, folks. Be kind and compassionate. Some things are going on in this world, but remember, kindness and compassion um, are very important, especially nowadays. We love you. Be safe. Be kind, compassionate, like I said before, but like I always say, keep gaming. Thank you.